When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Corey Davis, wide open. Davis. Still going, and he's in for the touchdown. He'll hit immediately. And he got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. It's time to recap day number seven of Jets training camp with the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. And Chris, I feel like I should just record myself saying what I'm about to say and then just replay it every single practice. Elijah Moore looked great again today. Big surprise because it's literally been the story of every single practice yeah, uh, again, uh, I, I keep joking about getting sick of it. Uh, I'm not sick of it because it's fun to watch, and I'm certainly not, you know, the whole don't lift it, look a gift horse in the mouth thing. I've been begging for the Jets to have some entertaining players on offense to watch, and they've got one. Uh, so, so anytime I say something that sounds like I'm complaining about it, Please know I'm joking because it is a pleasure and a joy for me to watch. I get to go to to work now knowing that there's somebody exciting for me to watch on offense there. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say at this point. Like, I, I can't keep just adding superlatives, and I don't want to really, like, throw more gasoline on this hype fire. But, yeah, he did it again. He's not the only one. Carl Lawson is the other guy we talk about every day, and he had a big practice again, too, which is good because he was the big offseason acquisition on defense. He was brought in to hopefully shore up the pass rush from the outside. And obviously, all we can do is talk about practice right now. We have to see it in a real game. But, boy, he's off to a hot start in training camp. Yeah, I I don't have quite the same worries about uh, throwing – gasoline on this hype fire because he's a veteran and also because yes he's gonna have to rely on some other players uh to help as well you know quinnon williams follow uh all john franklin myers bryce up all these other guys are gonna help him but a large part of elijah's success is just gonna is gonna be hinged on a rookie quarterback which we know uh we've been over there's gonna be up and down moments for um, but also just the adjustment for a rookie is going to be 
different than the adjustment for uh, an edge rusher, a veteran edge rusher. So I definitely believe in this more. Um, and again, he's doing it. The, the, we still need to see him do it a little more with the pads on. We're going to need to see it more with the preseason still, of course, and into the season. But I have faith that it's going to happen because this guy is relentless. He is just – he's so quick and explosive, and he's just so technically sound, just gets after it so quick that I just – he's going to have a very big impact for this defense this year. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Let's talk a little bit about the quarterback, Zach Wilson. This is another day where there was some good, there was some bad. There was probably more good than bad. And so while he isn't lighting the world on fire, except for that one practice where he was really hot, for a rookie, again, stable presence, fairly consistent, early in training camp, not bad. Yeah, absolutely. It's been, it's been impressive overall. Even when he has his bad moments of bad throws, it's just like, all right, Cool, no big deal. And then he goes right back. He tries to correct that mistake as soon as possible. But it, even as it's up and down, like that that first practice, you can kind of throw out. Uh, they talked about it. Uh, Lafleur talked about it. Uh, they prepped him. They said, you know, training camp speed is different than OTA speed. And there's no way to really understand what that means until you're in it. <clears throat> and then they're going to tell him the same thing. Uh, preseason speeds different than training camp speed and uh, regular season speed is going to be even different. Um, then of course, playoff speed, all that. Uh, so that first practice you can kind of throw out that second practice where he just absolutely, uh, torched everything and everybody just looked amazing was the highlight. And it's been most, it's been in the between the rest of the time, but more trending towards good. And the good has been so good that like you're not worried about the couple mistakes he's making here and there you see them you can tell that they're easily corrected and of course they're expected this no rookie's going to come in here and be perfect and that's going to last throughout the season fans do not get discouraged when these bumps come when he sees these mistakes as long as they're not piling together one after another is really where you're going to be concerned. But the good, it just looks so impressive. The The throw has so much zip and power on it, and he, he can just do things that where he just seems comfortable. Nice practice for the rookie, Brandon Eccles. Early on, it seems like he's carving out a niche for himself. He might be the favorite for that other spot at corner on the outside. Bryce Hall was playing with the second team today, Eccles with the first team. I don't think that means that Hall isn't in line to get a starting job. I think he's still the odds-on favorite to be cornerback number one. But we know that Eccles and Pinnock are in a competition with Bless Austin for that second starting spot. And Eccles has gotten more and more run with the ones. Have to figure early on in camp, this is a good sign for him. Yeah, it's definitely a good sign for him. I I would... uh hesitate on saying anything about him make, making him a, a favorite or the inside check because I expect that we're going to see Jason Pinnock get a, a bunch of runs with the ones in the next couple of days. Um, he has he has played really good too. Both Eccles and Pinnock ha, have stood out uh, pretty equally throughout camp coming into today. Um, 
and I, I loved and appreciated that Robert Sala and LaFleur both uh, did this for me. They backed up something that I'm always coming on here and talking about, which is don't pay too much attention to first-team reps, second-team reps. They rotate guys in and out constantly. They love to do that. And they both talked about that, Sala and LaFleur today. Like, with receivers, it doesn't matter. They don't care who the running back is or who the quarterback is. They don't care who the – offensive line is they just it's about situations they want to see players running certain routes on certain sides of the fields and sometimes they want to give them chances with the ones <clears throat> and Salah said that they definitely uh echoes definitely earned this uh it wasn't anything about bryce hall you know needing to go down to the two is echoes has been playing really well against the twos and the threes uh so they wanted to give him shots with the ones um, but again, he also said that you're going to see more of this throughout camp. So I, I'd expect that Pinnock's going to get those reps soon too. Will he come in for Hall, or will uh, you know Hall come be in there, and then he comes in for Bless Austin? I think that might be what I'd expect. But uh, it's definitely good to see uh, Echoes. And he played he played well uh, with the ones today. So he's going to earn more reps by doing that. And obviously with the state of this cornerback group not really having anything solidified, I mean, people were putting Bryce Hall, penciling him in there, but that's because of, you know, what the other options were. So it, it's obviously good to see somebody earning themselves more reps and then doing good with those reps. Speaking of cornerbacks, Bless Austin in the competition as well, and he had himself a nice battle with Denzel Mims today. There's been some concern about Denzel Mims, and I'm going to let you get to this issue later when we talk about what Mike LaFleur said after practice. The fact that Mims is not getting that much time with the ones, some people are a little worried about that, but an interesting head-to-head going on today between Mims and Austin. Yeah, they went back and forth a bit. Uh and you know they both got the best of each other at times. Uh, the uh, Blessa broke up some plays. He he also got an interception, but Denzel beat him on a couple other interceptions. Uh, you know, Bless is a, a physical corner. He's got a lot of length to him. Uh, he can definitely get beaten by like quick sudden moves uh, where he doesn't have a chance to to re- regroup and recover from. But he, so there, there is a little inconsistency, but he does make some really impressive plays out there. You can see why, like watching him, you can see uh, why any type of defensive coach would be intrigued by his potential. Um, but yeah, he can, he can still get beat by just like quick sudden moves. What, especially if it'll be like a quick pass, that's, that's where he has some trouble. He just doesn't, he's not able to recover in time from that, but it was, it was definitely a good battle to see them go back and forth. And Mims made a couple plays today. This was probably his best play, uh, best day of camp so far. At quarterback, it looks like Mike White has taken the lead over James Morgan. And we're going to get to another move that was made at quarterback today. But before we do, would you say that at this point, Mike White has the edge on James Morgan? I mean, I, I'd say that right now he's playing better throughout camp. Um, I'm still, you know, this is going to be one of those things we'll find out about Joe Douglas. 
I think he's going to be more than most GMs, uh, at least more than most GMs used to be. I think he'll be willing to cut bait on some things. But maybe he's he wants to be a little more invested in James Morgan and give James Morgan another year to develop before fully uh, pulling the cord on that. So I don't know how much of a difference in play there will have to be for Joe Douglas to make that decision. But I, I do think that it, he has outplayed James Morgan so far in camp. But the difference is fairly negligible that Morgan has his moments too. So it, it's not like I would be like, this is an obscene travesty that James Morgan got the nod over him. Another nice practice for Corey Davis. Yeah, every day with Corey Davis is just a really solid day. And uh, Keelan Cole, like every day there's at least one wow uh, catch from him. But it's just really solid. He's not doing anything uh, spectacular, just taking our breath away like Elijah Moore. But every single day he's making steady, reliable catches that you know would move the chains just 10 yards, 20 yards down the field. He's beating his corner. He's getting open. He's doing a really good job of positioning himself and blocking in the run game. Uh, he's a, you can tell that he's a, a good veteran presence for some of these young guys to lean on. And that he, especially with his familiarity with the system, he can help. Uh, teach the young guys and bring them along into the system. So he's having a really positive impact on this team. Speaking of people named Davis, Jared Davis caused the second fight in training camp. This one didn't seem to be anywhere near as severe as the Giants brawl yesterday. Got broken up pretty quickly, but still notable. Yeah, this one, uh, you know, there there was a little run to the right and all I'm watching Ty Johnson run. And then I look back and I just see a little bit of a rumble going. Uh, I couldn't see anything uh, that was happening because there was so many people surrounding it at, at first, but it was really short. It was like three to five seconds. And then everybody quickly calmed down and went back to their positions. It, it, there was no lingering anything from there. It was just really short, just a, quick brief moment of anger at tempers flared and then quickly uh, diminished. When it comes to tight ends, we've mostly talked about Chris Herndon so far, but there was a Ryan Griffin sighting today. Yeah, it was a Ryan Griffin sighting. He, he made a couple nice catches. Uh, Robert Sala talked about this too. And later that the tight ends, uh, the role is a little different in this system. There's so much blocking responsibility in this. There's not as many passing opportunities for these guys. So much of their role is going to be blocking, especially you know in the running game. But he, he made a couple of nice uh, catches. Uh, he's had a couple from them, but one really uh, big catch today. Um, so, you know, they're, they're taking turns. Uh, Tyler Croft has done a good job in blocking and has made a couple uh, catches through camp. But, of course, fans are still going to focus on Herndon. They're the one that he, – he's the one that they want to be the playmaker. But these other guys can contribute in, in certain ways too. I alluded to this before, Chris, but there was an addition made at quarterback. There was some buzz once camp was about to get going and Zach Wilson hadn't signed yet that perhaps Josh Johnson would be brought in, somebody who's familiar with the offense. 
And that finally happened. Josh Johnson signed today. He is better than what they had currently. So I suppose that's a positive. I don't really have any strong feelings about this one way or the other. I wish they would have gone and gotten somebody like Nick Foles, who I think could be a real stable backup. Perhaps Mike White or James Morgan steps up and ends up taking the backup job, but at least Josh Johnson gives them somebody with some actual NFL experience. Yeah, and I mean, unless we see a big jump from White and or Morgan, uh, you know, throughout the rest of camp and preseason, I would definitely recommend that Josh Johnson be the backup. Um, I'm not I'm not sure that they, they will do that, but I think that's what they should do. Uh, and again, this isn't anything about Josh Johnson is so good, obviously. He's a 35-year-old journeyman. Um, this is the 17th time, I think, that he's changed teams. Um, but he's, he's a, a veteran. He knows this system. He has familiarity with the floor. Uh, he he can be the veteran presence and he can run this offense competently. Again, it's not about uh, if he has to play, you know, if he has to just come in to finish off a game uh, that then yeah, you're going to want him to win that game. But if he's being forced to play for a couple games, you're not expecting wins at that point. You just want somebody who can run the offense and you can still evaluate the offense. And I think he can do that. He's athletic. He can make the throws. Uh, and he, again, he's definitely better than uh, Morgan and White are at this current uh, point in time. So I would strongly recommend that they stick with him, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see if they actually do. Elijah Vera Tucker and George Fant did not practice today. Any word on what's going on with those two? Well, Fant's still in uh, COVID protocol. So uh, he's he was on the sidelines with the mask. Uh, he should be able to come off soon, I guess. Um, but uh, Elijah Vera Tucker uh, has a strained pec. Uh, he's day-to-day. Uh, J- Jabari Zaniga is day to day with an ankle, and Chuma Doga is out with a knee. It, it seems like uh, Doga will likely miss the most time. That's that's a little bit more than day to day. After practice, both coordinators spoke to the media. What did we hear from Mike Lafleur and Jeff Ulbrich? Yeah. Okay. So they both had a lot of good stuff today, but I'm I'm just gonna give you the the quote of the day from defensive coordinator Jeff Ulbrich on Carl Lawson. And he just said, he, I had had the highest regard for him before he even got here. I think he's one of those rare guys that he's an exceptional player, but the public doesn't know him yet. The general quote is obvious. Uh, general public is obviously very caught up in sacks and quarterback disruption and the st- statistical part of rushing, which he doesn't always check those boxes. But he's a guy that has historic win rates. His obsession with this game, now to see him up close as far as his stance, the timing of his hands, and his feet, with the distance from the tackles, foot, the way he studies tackles, sets, studies the offense. It's as obsessed as I've ever seen. So from that standpoint, I'm blown away. He's an absolute student of the game. So obviously you can tell he is a fan of Carl Lawson. Um <laughs> That you could you could have assumed that of course, but you could tell that he is very impressed. He wanted 
you know, he was excited to get him. He uh, highly respected him coming into this. But now that he's seen the way that he works, the way he goes about things, uh, he's even more impressed. And, you know, he got into the the whole thing about the win rates and, uh, you know, we know about his pressures and all that. And people always talk about sacks or what matters, sacks or what matters. But the, the win rates and the pressures is the best predictor of sacks. There's so much that goes into whether or not uh, a guy can actually get a sack, including the coverage. If the if they they can't cover the receivers for a half a second, then it's very easy for the quarterback to just give a quick release. And then it doesn't matter how good of a pass rusher you are, you're not going to get the sack. That was a big thing he was talking about. Um, he's excited about the overall group of the defensive line and about just the variation of talent they have, all the different ways that they can apply pressure and from all the different spots and angles, and that he's going to lean on the defensive line. Uh, LaFleur said something similar about leaning on the running game, um, but they're going to run the defense through the defensive line and really lean on that. He says that the youth of the cornerback group is great, um, and Obviously, you would like to have a veteran presence, especially to help uh, teach the players and for them to lean on. But this breeds competition amongst these players, and they're all pushing each other even more. And like knowing that they have uh, a shot and the bless and Bryce Hall know that these young guys are right on their heels, just gets uh, helps improve everybody and makes for stronger competition. Um, with LaFleur, obviously, where do you think he start? Just take a guess on where where he started the press conference. Let's see. I'm going to say it was either talking about Josh Johnson or Elijah Moore. There you go. It was a good, good first guess. Good first guess. That, that, that was the second most important one. But... uh yeah, no, absolutely. It was about Elijah Moore. <clears throat> he was asked about whether he, he's surprised what he's seen from him. And he was just flat out said, no, not at all. Um, we we knew this was the player that they were getting is what he said. Um, they, they saw this on tape. And yeah, Elijah Moore played in the slot. But they knew that he could play outside. They know he could win outside. There's nothing surprising. The only thing close to surprising, he said, is that maybe people undersold what a good dude he is. So that that's the only close thing there. He also talked about the running back group. Um, you know, this is the third stop that he's had with Tevin Coleman. A very explosive player. Uh, he's still coming back from the injuries, but he still has a lot left on the tank. And Tevin Coleman has looked really good and explosive so far. Um, Ty Johnson is unique, incredibly strong, and he's fast. One foot cut and go guy, good hands, a lot of versatility. Michael Carter is good, such a good feel for holes in space. He runs so tight to the ground, you never know where he's going to go. But he always seems to find the exact right spot to go. 
P. Ryan's got the power. He ran a guy over today. They're not in pads, but he lowered his shoulder and just steamrolled someone. And then Adams, Josh Adams has the unique build, knows how to set guys up with his hit, hips, put his foot in the ground to go. So the versatility of this group, they all have traits that can fit, like a dominant trait that fits in this system, that this system can use. And he likes the idea of having like a rotation of a whole stable backs like this to help kind of change the tempo and to uh, keep defenses on their heels to change the speed of everything. Okay, you're getting used to the speed on the edge here. We're going to come with a little bit power in your face. You're getting used to that power in your face. All right, we're going to go with a little bit of shifty juke right past you. So he, he really likes that. Um, he, he's uh, also, this is something we've talked about since he got the job. He's bringing in the Shanahan system. How much of uh, what's it going to look like? His version of the Shanahan system. And he said that everybody that he's learned this system from has taught him, like, if you get the shot one day, you're going to make this your own. And you're gonna a large part of that is going to be based off your roster. You're going to tweak this system a little bit to fit your roster. Um, so that's that's what he's looking forward to doing right now. And then also it, we're at a point in training camp now where yesterday was the first day that they started to call unscripted plays. And this is training camp and this is practice for him just as it is for the players. He hasn't called plays for four years since he was at Davidson. So now he's getting the practice in of calling the plays as well and getting into a, a good feel and a rhythm uh, for him to be able to do that. Chris, you brought up Tevin Coleman. He spoke to the media. What did he have to say today? Yeah, so he started talking about LaFleur because obviously he was with him in San Francisco. Um, he said LaFleur is a good coach. He's very detailed-oriented, and he does an excellent job at setting guys up to make big plays. He says he's he's been helping uh, the other running backs uh, pick up the system and helping teach them the system, but uh, they, they're doing a good job on their own, especially Michael Carter. Michael Carter is not making mistakes. He's an all-around good, powerful, good speed, quickness, everything. And, again, he, he's helping him as much as needed, but he's he's doing a great job picking up on his own. He also, of course, talked about himself, how, how he feels really good and really comfortable coming back. And then he talked about what he's seen from Zach Wilson. He likes what he's seen from him so far. He's, he thinks Zach's a really good leader. He's making good throws, making – fast decisions and the right decisions way more often than not. So he's really impressed what he's seen with from Zach so far. Tevin Coleman wasn't the only running back to speak. Also heard from Michael Carter today. Yeah, well, Michael Carter was a hit uh, just simply by saying that, uh, you know, somebody asked him if he was like overwhelmed by the playbook and just all the information that's getting thrown at him. He said, not he's not overwhelmed at all because he studies like crazy. And then he said, that's what college should have been like that. He, he wanted, he should have just majored in football. Um, he wished college was just studying playbooks and learning offensive systems. Uh, but also this was interesting. So at rookie camp, 
they sat him down and gave him a list of basically like the entire evolution of this system, starting with Papa Shanahan in Denver. And they gave him a list of all the teams of the coaching tree of this system. And they had him go study the film of all these teams so he could watch the way that this offensive has evolved and like, you know, the roots of the system to really learn the ins and outs of it. And he's embracing that. And he, he, he really thinks that helped him uh, pick up on the ins and outs of the system really early. Last but not least, we heard from the head coach, Robert Sala, what he have to say. Yeah, well, I went through a bunch of it already about, you know, this, about what uh, Echoes earned the reps. It wasn't about Bryce Hall not um, being demoted or anything like that. Um, he talked about Josh Johnson, uh, said he's a tremendous pro, tremendous energy, knows the hows and whys of the system, knows how to be a pro. He said that it won't stop the development of White, White and Morgan. So we'll see exactly what that means. He uh, he talked about um, his relationship with LaFleur, and he said, you know, half his league, half his time in the league was attached to a Shanahan system. And it's the hardest one for him to deal with as a defensive coach. He knows the way that it stretches out a defense, how it makes you vulnerable in certain areas. And then he got to spend the last four years working with uh, LaFleur and getting to see how detail oriented is the way he uh, can command a room with his players and uh, really set guys up. So, that was really important to him. And then he said that the youth of the, this team, he doesn't really see as a huge problem. He knows that, yes, there will be a time down the line where it, it'd be a little bit better veteran presence, but it's about the expectation internally is to dominate the things you have control over. And, uh, you know, everyone that's listened to me, it's about the process, process over results, basically. And it just be relentless in the pursuit to, uh, to get better. But it, it's his focus is he knows that these are young guys. So not everything is as live and die in the moment and about the win. It's about improving on a day-to-day basis, doing everything you can in your control and in your power to just get a little bit better. And just those little minor incremental increases and getting better is good enough, and that's a win and a win, and you can just keep on stacking that. And if you stick with that process, the results will come. Chris Nimbley, the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. Thank you so much for coming on and recapping day number seven of Jets training camp with me. Really appreciate it. We'll have day number eight tomorrow, but in the meantime, follow Chris on Twitter at CNimbley and at JetsInsider. Read his very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com and check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Luke Grant's got some phenomenal videos up there right now, some film reviews, commentaries. Kayla Pace has her exclusive commentaries, Pace's playbook. We're going to have brand new videos coming up over the next couple of days, so check out the ones that are there if you haven't already, and subscribe if you haven't done that yet, and go ahead and give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out, so if you can go ahead and do that, 
that for us would be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.